Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. So last week, um, we shared about you know God doing a, a new thing and how we can walk into that new thing and hold on to Him. In Isaiah, they don't have the scripture, but um, in Isaiah 43, remember it says, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Just don't hold on to those things. But behold, I will do a new thing and it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Can, can you comprehend it? Can you see it? Will you be looking for it? That new thing that I want to do is what God is saying. And he says, I'll, I will even make a road in the wilderness. I will make a path where there wasn't a path. I'll break through anything that needs to be broken through so that the path that you need to walk in and what I'm calling you to so that you will be able to walk in that. That's what, he, what he's saying. He says, I'll make rivers in the desert. What seems barren and dry and, and desolate he says, I'll bring rivers into it. I'll bring water, living water that, you know, when there's water, there's life. There's fish, there's plants, there's all the stuff that brings life. And that's what he's saying. He's like, listen, it doesn't matter what something may look at. Can you comprehend? Can you see what I want to do and what I am going to do, this new thing, and I can bring life even where it doesn't seem like there is life? I will bring that. Oh. So I was just <clears throat> contemplating, like, oh, where, where do we go from here? And, and really, you know, God has been doing some great things in our church, and I, and I know in many of our lives, and creating new life, and bringing rivers into the desert, and, and creating that path in the wilderness, and doing all these new things. Um, but we were actually talking to some friends of ours, and they were talking about how, um, mentioning that it's easier to, to trust God, to follow God, to hold on to Him, and, and, and to like be in that place of faith whenever things aren't going so well, or you're still believing for that thing, that God to, for God to do that thing in your life, and to move, and whatever it is, that breakthrough you need, that healing, that, you know, like, I've been struggling and, and the work situation is not good. Any one of those situations, but you're, you're trusting God and believing. And they're like, but then when you get to this point where God's done something and he's moved and he's brought you up to this place, it's how, how interesting that it's harder to, to hold fast, to hold on to who he is and, and to, to be just completely trusting in him in that moment. And, um, you know, I would relate it to, you know, uh, like in the United States, because we are free still to, to do what we want to do, to um, worship how we want to worship, that it makes it so much easier to get relaxed in doing that. And to just take it lightly, where in many other places in the world that, that there is so much more of a struggle to be able to worship God, to be able to come to church, where 
even still some places, you can't actually meet in a church building out in the open and, and come together with a body of believers so that you can worship God. You just can't do it. And I look at those, those people in those situations and say, <laughs> this is a funny thing to say, but I almost wish I was in their place. You're like, what? Like, you want to be persecuted? You want to be in a place where it's not okay, like looked down upon to worship or that you're persecuted or, or beaten up or, or whatever to worship God? And I'm like, what I see is that it's so much easier for us to get relaxed and, and just lackadaisical, if that's a word, in our relationship with God because it's just there. You guys are kind of quiet. But I, I just thinking about, about these things and, and the, speaking last week about God doing a new thing and, and what does that mean and how do we need to act? Because God doesn't call us to wake up in the morning and, and be like, it's just another day. I think I'm going to do what I did yesterday. And it's not like peeking in the brain and taking over the world. I'm going to do what I did yesterday and just do nothing. And again, whenever I say these things, I really am talking to myself. And you're just being a part of me talking to myself, okay? Because I feel this. I feel this real hard right now. Like, what am I supposed to do next? How am I supposed to move? I see God doing things and I see him moving and, and see these miraculous things happening. But I don't want to get in the place where I am just comfortable and not actually trusting God and stepping out in faith. And, you know, as we were talking to our friends, I was just kind of like, I think when God starts moving and doing those things or he gets you to that place where he said he was going to get you, you know, and, and he's worked through all these things in your life and, and now you're in this place, it feels, it feels good. You know, wow, God, you've, been, you've blessed us. And things feel much better now. And I said, I think in that moment when you start to, to see that you're at that place, you have to say, how do I point myself or my vision or my trust or my faith out to another place, not away from God, but to where God is beyond where he's brought me to? I'm not going to sit in this place and say, wow, look how good God is, and just, you know, Scrooge McDuck. You guys, man, I wish you were just so much more into the cartoons and stuff that I was into when I was a kid. <laughs> you guys know Scrooge McDuck? Yeah. yeah. So in this cartoon, he's a duck, and he's the wealthiest guy in the whole world, and he has this big old silo full of gold, like gold pieces. And somehow... He can swim through it. I don't know. It's a cartoon. That's why. But he like dives off and he's just swimming through his money. You know, he's just like, you know, he bathes in it. But I feel like sometimes that's how, how we are. We're so busy trying to just swim and float around in what God is doing now that we don't realize that he's asking us to continue to move forward. To place our trust in him 
to go even further and have that faith for more, right? In Hebrews 10, verse 19, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Now, there's a lot of stuff in here, but it says, Therefore, brethren, having the boldness to enter the holiest. This, this word holiest means uh, a place that's set apart for God. In like services or our offering to him, like even our actions. So I, I want to take that and just blanket that around our being able to enter into his presence and also our being able to work with him in doing things for him and our offering to him. Like in, in all that. Therefore, since we're able to boldly do all these things with God and be able to come into his presence, and the reason that we can do that is because of Christ, because of the blood of, of Jesus Christ, because of this new way that he's came, he has come to, to consecrate us, to bring us through the veil. And it says through, the veil is actually his flesh that he's brought us through. What does that mean? It means that we actually are brought into what he did and brought through what he did on the cross so that we could be made holy. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he did, right? That work on the cross and we are brought through and it's like, you know, just being brought through a washing machine, you know? Getting rid of our mess and putting on His goodness and His holiness. Coming out the other side, set free and washed by His blood. But being able to come... I'm, I, I try, I'm trying to wrap my mind around, around this statement. It says, brethren, having boldness to enter into those places. And so many times I feel like it, we struggle with that. And, and really, I talk about sometimes that like not doing things with pride and with our own strength and it's because of him and having to understand that the reason that we can do what we do is because of him right and this statement says but because we can come boldly with boldness i want to walk into the holiest the holy places into the presence of god with boldness. I, hmm. Not coming, not coming all, you know. <laughs> sad and defeated. Not coming all like I should, I don't even know if I should come in to this place. But when we understand that it's not because of us, 
that we can come into this place with God. But it's because of Jesus. I think about it that way. Because of what He's done for me, for you, for us, because of that act of what He did, that we can come through that veil, enter into this place that, that never was able to be penetrated before, into the presence of God, coming close to Him, His presence being wrapped around us, coming in that place, because of Christ and what happened and what He did on the cross, because of His flesh being beaten, bruised, bloodied. <laughs> and because He has brought us through that flesh that cleanses and purifies. And I think about that. I don't think about it as a prideful boldness I think about it, you know, when you're just so excited and can't believe that you do something, you don't even care who's looking, you know? I don't know, I try to think of a scenario, but anyway, you know, it's just like you're so excited and you're like, I, I can't even believe this, and you just take off running. Not because you think you're so awesome, but because you just are in disbelief that I can grab hold, you know? It's like people on Black Friday. They don't care. They don't think. They don't, you don't, don't matter what people think about me, I'm going to get that TV, you know? And it's a TV. But how, how much more so? Not, not even comparable that we can come into the holy places with God, that we can come into His presence, that we can pass through that veil that, that we can come into that place with Him and thinking about that, the doors are open. The doors are... How many be running all crazy like, you know? Like, I don't care, you know. You know, when you go running, you, you think about how you go running. You know, I'm going to take a jog. And you put on the right clothes. You know, I want to look the part. I don't want to look silly while I'm running. And then you think about, man, do my legs look funny like I'm running? Am I running with them all like, you know, like. You think about all that stuff. But what if we just let go of all that? That's what this, oh, having, being able to come with boldness. Not a boldness in who we are, but a boldness of, of like, it doesn't matter who sees me. It doesn't matter what this person thinks. The situations going on around me don't matter. None of this stuff. It's all the flesh. It's all the world. It's all the people. It's what it, I don't care. I'm going to run through the doors, and be with Him. So that's just the first verse. <laughs> oh, first two verses. But in Hebrews 10, this is 21, it says, and having a high priest over the house of God, finally have Him being placed, Christ being placed as high priest over the house, Having that authority, that one that is able to speak and tell us who we are, 
how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to worship, how we're supposed to give and move and do and everything. Him being that high priest over us in the house of God. 22, let us draw near. So having all that, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled, and this word means to be cleansed or purified. So having our, having our hearts cleansed or purified from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. If you've been here a little while, you know that I love this hold fast statement. And I've talked before about how back in the earlier 1900s that it was a very popular tattoo for sailors to get, to hold fast, actually to get it on their knuckles. Anybody want to go out and get knuckle tats with me? <laughs> hold fast, because there's four and four. Hold fast. But what it meant was... Don't let go of the rigging. Hold on tight, no matter what wave comes along. Don't let go of the thing that you're supposed to be holding on to. Don't get thrown overboard because you're getting relaxed in what you're supposed to do. But be fully focused and holding fast. So it says here, let's hold fast. The confession of our hope. Hold fast to that confession of the hope of who Christ, right? We just talked about who He is, what He's done for us. Hold fast to that hope. And that word hope means uh, an assurance of salvation. It's not like, I hope. I hope I get that TV. No. To hope in Christ means that I have assurance of who He is and what He's done. There's no like question about it. Yeah. I have assurance of my salvation because of who He is and the work on the cross. So holding on to that confession of our hope without wavering for He, without, don't waver. Don't let loose on your grip. Don't go to the right or the left. Don't, don't do any of these things, but hold fast to that hope of who He is. And don't waver. Why? Because He who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. So many, so many times we're like, oh, I know God's faithful. I know who He is. He's promised these things and I know He'll do it. And our actions say exactly the opposite. We let go of that hold that we have, that confession of hope, because we want to make things go faster, or we just like, well, you know, I'm not sure if God's working on it right now. Maybe I should get started myself. But do we truly understand that He who promised is faithful? That He'll do it. 
those things that He's spoken over us or to us, He will do it. Even though it tarries, it won't tarry. That scripture, I, oh gosh, I remember, I can't remember which. Habakkuk 3, thank you, my Bible reference, Tori. Um, that even though it looks like it's taken a little while, that scripture, I, I love that scripture too, because it, it's almost this complex, like you have to get into it to understand what it's actually saying and research the words. It says it may look like it's taking on, may, may look like it's going to tarry, but it won't tarry. And what those words mean is it may look like it's taken a long time, but it's going to be in just the right time. We may not, not understand God's timing, and we may not understand when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen when He wants it to happen, and it's going to happen in the right time, in the right way, in the right place, and you're going to be able to be a part of it if you hold fast to who He is. And in verse 24 it says, and let us, not or let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in a manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So this scripture talks about what Christ has done for us and what, how we should think about that work that He's done for us. What we should understand about it being brought through that place, that veil, into the presence of God that we cannot penetrate, we cannot go unless He did that work for us. So can we hold on to that assurance of that salvation? Can we hold fast to it? But then it gives us this action because of it. And as I started this, I said, so what now? Like, you know, what? once we come to know Christ, is it just kind of like a getting on a lazy river? Too many times, you know, me included, it, it's just like, you're just floating down the river, you know? Like a, a stick floating down the river moves. It's going somewhere, but it has no purpose. There's no plan for it. It just goes wherever the water takes it. And that's like, imagine, that's our life. Are we just going wherever the life takes us, the stuff around us, takes us, the, the situations, the circumstances, or, you know, somebody else dragging us along. Oh, I could come up with so many different more things to say about that. But are we just floating along? But see, that same stick put in a craftsman's hand, right? You take that wood, that stick, it's been floating along. But it's grabbed out by a craftsman, by a master craftsman that can take that piece of wood and carve it, shape it, move it, bend it, do things that, that only he can 
and create out of that thing, that stick, something that is a tool that can be used for warfare, that can be used for help or sustenance. I mean, so many. Whoa. But are we just floating along or are we allowing the master craftsman, are we allowing him, are we going through that place holding fast to that confession of hope and allowing him to work on us and do the things that he wants to do in us so that he can use us to do something? I don't want to be a stick floating around. I don't want to just be moved around based on whatever is going on in the year or the month or, you know, the, the things going on around me. I, I want to be able to, to be used by Him. So can we hold on? Hold fast. God didn't create us in His image to be aimless, to have no purpose, to just go along or float along where the river just takes us. He created us for His purposes, for His works, for, for what He wants to do in us. Colossians 1.29, it says, To this end I also labor, striving, striving. Again, it's one of those words. I, I feel like, you know, this boldness and this striving, like we're supposed to strive, but not supposed to strive in our own strength. Yeah. Right? You have to take the scriptures as a, as a whole and, and understand them, not as these contradict each other. We should rest in the Lord. Yes. But then we should also strive. Yes. Striving according to His working, which works in me mightily. Striving according to His work. To His working. It works in me mightily. His working in us doesn't just work a little bit. It doesn't just work a few things. It doesn't just change us just a little bit. But if we allow Him, if we're holding fast to Him, to who He is, if we're not just moving along wherever the wind has taken us, but coming to Him, no, His Working works in us mightily. I think about that. And then my striving is, is, not, is not to have my own strength to do my own thing. My striving is actually striving to be in the place that He wants me to be so that He can use me how He wants to use me. So that His works can work in me mightily. Back in Hebrews 
Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I want to be a hope-filled person. I want to hope, again, that word meaning, I want to have confidence and assurance of the salvation that He's provided me so much that it causes me to do things for Him. To step in, to hold on to who He is. For He who promised is faithful. He's faithful to work in you what is pleasing in His sight. He's faithful to do what He's promised. He's faithful to cleanse us of our sin and our shame. He's faithful to redeem and restore us. He's faithful to do good works in us. He's faithful. He's faithful to turn anything that the enemy can possibly think or do in us and change that and turn it and work it to make it something good in our lives. He's faithful. <laughs> he keeps his word. How many times do we find ourselves speaking things or our actions proving that we don't trust how faithful He is. But He is faithful. Can we trust Him? Even when it doesn't look like things are happening. It may look like a desert. It may look like a wilderness. But what did he say? He said, I'll put a road in the wilderness. I'll put a river in the desert. I will sustain you. Those animals that are running around in that scripture, he said, they're going to worship me and they're going to have everything that they need. Will you do the same? In Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. What God is doing and has done in us should not bring us to the place of comfort and complacency. So we've said all these things about holding fast and being brought through that veil and the work of his, uh, that flesh, being beaten, bruised, put on the cross being brought to that place, that shouldn't be like, oh man, I've arrived. Too many times we feel like we've arrived somewhere and then we just want to stay there. But we haven't arrived. We've just received. We need to keep going. And keep working. And this is what this scripture is saying in 24. It says, and let us consider. Because of all these things, it should make us consider one another 
to stir up good works and love in those around us. consider. It means to perceive, remark, observe, to understand, or to consider attentively, to fix one's eyes or mind upon. See, when I, when I read that like that, when it says we should consider one another, it's not like I'm considering that. I love how so many of the words, I mean, I don't love it. I kind of hate it. But so many of the words that we use don't really mean what we think they mean. Or actually, they just mean much less than they used to mean. Because when we read this, it say, consider one another. How many of us thought, Okay, yeah, maybe I'll just, in a, in a moment of time, just possibly think about one another, about, about my fellow brother, my, my friend, my, the person that I, that I ran into in the store. I'm going to maybe just a little bit think about them every once in a while. But what this word means is it, it, it means to attentively focus on and think about not myself, but the people around me. Can I take and, and focus my mind not on what I'm supposed to do or what's going wrong with me or, you know, things happening around me, but what about if I focus myself on others and on who they are and what to, to consider, to, to, to focus on for what purpose? To stir up love. I, I want to stir things up, right? Not bad things. Too many of us want to stir up bad things. But, but God's called us to stir things up. He's called us to stir up love and affection. To call us to stir up a love for people around us. And good works. I want to. I want to stir the pot. I want to. I want to stir the pot in in that whenever I'm around people, I'm so attentive and focused on what's happening that it causes me to to act, and then that will stir the pot in others, saying, "Wow, you know, you ever seen those things? Those like." you know, somebody does something nice for somebody else, and then that causes them to do something nice for somebody else, and then them to do something nice, and it just goes and goes and goes and goes. That's who you're supposed to be. Yeah. But it's not about just doing something nice. It's about doing what God has called you to and holding fast to who He is, being in His presence, so that when I am out and about, when you're out and about, you're in the grocery store, you're at your workplace, you're at your school, you're, you know, you're at your home, and because maybe your home needs it too. 
but you're in that place with Him that it stirs up love and affection for who God is and for each other, that it stirs up helping one another, looking and seeing the need that is in front of you, that is that person. And stirring up that need so that not just you have that action, that that pull to do something for that person, but it causes a chain reaction that others want to do the same because they see what happens when you are following what God has called you to do. So consider one another. In verse 25, Hebrew 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. What's that? You can't do it alone. I'm good. I like being alone. I like sit. I, listen, I like being alone. But when you're alone too long, you get crazy. Some people have, have different thresholds, right? I might be able to be alone for three days. You might be able to be alone for one day or four hours, and then you're going crazy. My kids are all different. Some of them are like, I need people, you know? And other ones are like, I'm good. I just want to chill. We all have different thr- thresholds, but none of us can do life alone. Don't forsake the gathering together, the coming together. Oh, you know, I read my Bible, I study. Yeah, but... There's lots of people that read their Bible that are crazy, okay? I'm, (laughs) I'm just saying. We need people around us. First of all, to hold us up when we need to be held up. We need people around us, not just to hold us up, but to smack us across the face whenever we're being stupid. You know, whenever we're doing something that's silly or thinking the wrong thing. I need somebody to tell me, hey, Josh, that was not the way that you should be talking. That was not the way that you should be acting. If I'm alone, I can do whatever I want. That's the problem. (laughs) Don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together as as is the manner of some. But also, how are you going to... It says, but exhorting one another. But exhorting one another. How are you going to exhort anybody? How are you going to do anything that God has called you to if you're by yourself. Although you probably need to preach to yourself too, but anyway. But if we're not gathering with people, how can we exhort? How can we lift up? How can we support? How can we be humans if we're by ourselves? And, you know, people are like, well, I'm not. I'm around people all the time. Yeah, but do you come to church? Do you come? 
Do, are you here to be in a place where other people can build you up and lift you up and hold you up and, and lock arms with you? You know? Don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together. It says, but exhorting one another in so much more as you see the day approaching. I'm not saying this prophetically, but I think the day's approaching, okay? Um, it's always approaching, by the way, so every day it's getting a little closer. That doesn't mean it's next year. It might be in, oh, I don't know, but it's still approaching. But as we see the day approaching, we see these things happening. Sometimes we want to lock ourselves away when we see stuff happening. But whenever stuff, bad stuff, controversial stuff, whenever things are happening that you're like, oh my gosh, why is all this happening? You know what it should do in you? It should get you fired up and excited and ready to go out and be a part of what God wants his people to do in a world that needs him. Ah, you guys are a little bit weak on the hack lap. But, um, when things are getting crazy, it's not time to stay home. It's time to assemble. Okay. Assemble. It's time to exhort one another, speak life into each other, to get together, to lock arms. It's time to stir up love and good works and each other. Amen. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.